The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. The Supreme Court is hearing arguments today after a four-week break and back on the bench for the first time since surgery for lung cancer in December is Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the leader of the court's liberal wing. Joining us is Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter Greg Storr, who was there. So, Greg, how did she appear on the bench? June, she appeared very much like she she always does. She climbed the three steps that the justices have to to climb to get to the bench without any apparent difficulty and without any assistance. She asked the very first question of the argument, barely a minute into it, uh, and seemed very much engaged in it. Did Chief Justice John Roberts say anything about her return? He did not. He treated it like a normal day, made no mention. He has been mentioning her in in past cases when she was absent uh, to say that she would be taking part via the transcripts and the briefs in the case. But with her back on the bench, she didn't need to say anything like that. Okay. Well, Ginsburg had attended the private conference of the justices on Friday. That's the day the court agreed to decide whether the Trump administration can ask about a citizenship question on the 2020 census. And a judge barred that question after a trial. Tell us more about what's before the court. This could be the biggest case of the year. Uh, The Trump administration, as you said, is trying to add a question asking people about citizenship on the the decennial census in 2020. That's a question that has been asked previously, but not asked of every person during the last several censuses. And the question for the court is not just whether they can add that question, but whether they follow the proper rules uh, that administrative agencies are supposed to follow in doing that, whether they, for example, adequately explain the reasons and whether they can considered the facts that were before them about the possibility that asking the census question might lead people not to respond and might lead to a less accurate census. So what exactly is the question they'll be answering? Because the judge in the trial went pretty far saying that Secretary Ross acted in an arbitrary and capricious manner and a veritable smorgasbord of ways he violated administrative procedures. There are a whole lot of questions in here. It could be a a rather complicated argument. That's in part because they skipped over the appeals court level, and so there is less winnowing out of of the the issues in the case. The Trump administration is saying, among other things, that the the states and advocacy organizations suing uh, don't have legal standing to file this suit in the first place. They're also saying that this entire question is a matter that is up to the Census Bureau and the Commerce Department, and the courts have no role whatsoever. And if the court gets past those two questions, uh, then the justices will look at the stuff you were just talking about, whether the Census Bureau and the Commerce Department acted in an arbitrary and capricious way, essentially by ignoring the evidence that was before them and giving an explanation for why they did it that didn't square with what actually happened. 
You mentioned that this is going to possibly be the biggest case for President Trump of the term. It could also be the most politically divisive. Explain why. Yeah, and we have some evidence that this has been politically divisive before. There's been a lot of back and forth on preliminary issues in this case at the Supreme Court. And in one earlier example, uh, the three conservative justices, Thomas, Gorsuch, and Alito, said they would have stopped this trial that was going on in federal court in New York, distinguishing themselves from a couple of the other Republican-appointed justices, Roberts and Kavanaugh, as well as the, the more liberal justices. It does seem like this will be one of those cases that divides the court along ideological lines, and Chief Justice Roberts and Justice Kavanaugh will probably be the ones casting the deciding votes. So, Greg, they've been staying away from most of these very politically divisive cases and issues since Kavanaugh took the bench. Is it that they had to do this, that there was sort of no choice? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, this is there's a, a looming deadline. The Census Bureau says that they have to start printing the questionnaires by June. There wasn't time to let the case play out a little more at the lower court level, for example, by letting the appeals court decide it. And ultimately, if if a court is going to tell the government, a government agency, a cabinet official, you can't do something, virtually always the Supreme Court wants to be the one who's saying that. They don't want to leave it up to a federal judge to make the final decision. So it would have been a major surprise if the Supreme Court had not agreed to take this up. And because of that deadline, they need to take it up on an expedited basis. So as you and I have discussed, the Trump administration has several times tried to bypass appellate courts to get to the Supreme Court. So are you saying that this is really not a sign that the Supreme Court is giving in to the Trump administration on bypassing appellate courts? This is a separate issue. Correct. And I can give you counterexamples where the Supreme Court has, has not agreed to hear things uh, bypassing the appeals courts. In this case, even the, the folks on the other side, the states led by New York and the civil rights groups, said if the Supreme Court was going to take this case up, it should do so on an expedited basis. It should skip the appeals court level simply because there's not enough time to get this case through another court level and have the Supreme Court decide it and have the Census Bureau start printing those questionnaires uh, when they need to in June. So the court did other things today besides listening to Justice Ginsburg ask her first questions in a couple of months. Tell us about the uh, consideration of the scope of the Clean Water Act. Yeah, so this is a a case the court has agreed to hear. Um, Somewhat surprisingly, they're going to hear it during the next term because they had expedited the briefing in it to some degree. This is a case involving uh, treated wastewater that ends up in the Pacific Ocean near Hawaii. And the question is whether to discharge this pollution, which goes underground before emerging in the Pacific Ocean, the question is whether you need a federal permit for that discharge. Lower courts are divided on the issue. Not surprising that the Supreme Court agreed to take it up. Also an issue that might well divide the court along ideological lines. Is the court's calendar pretty full for the rest of this term, or they still have room for squeezing in more cases? Yeah, it's totally full, and it's not even clear where they're putting the census case. <laughs> the, the April argument calendar now has 12 cases, and now, well, 13 now with the census case, so they're going to have to hear more than they, they usually do. It's a bit of a backloaded term, more so than the justices would want. What looks to be the biggest decisions are now going to be the census case, a case involving partisan gerrymandering, and a case they're going to hear next week, uh, 
involving a cross that serves as a, a World War I memorial and whether that violates the Constitution's First Amendment. Well, we will be back to you then because it sounds interesting and there may be some decisions tomorrow, so maybe as soon as tomorrow. Thanks so much, Greg. That's Bloomberg News Supreme Court reporter Greg Starr. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.